Praise God. We're going to have fun in the Word today. You guys ready for it? Amen. Father, we love you and we praise you for your amazing Word. And then I thank you, God, that it is powerful to divide and to conquer things in our hearts and our fortified thoughts and our thinking. And so today, God, I just ask for your blessing and your anointing on it. It's already anointed, but Lord, I thank you that you do something with the proclamation of the word that hits people right where they're at, that goes beyond what I can do, that goes beyond that. And so, Holy Spirit, thank you for empowering the word to penetrate all of our hearts today, each with, with, with every area where every person needs it today. So, Father, we thank you for that. We love you and we honor you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Praise God. Well, today we're, we're uh, I'm not going to go into a long introduction because I want more time. And uh, we're going to preach today on, we've been talking about being under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And I know it's kind of been on and off because we've had guest speakers and things that have taken place. And so, but I'm still on this theme of being under the influence of the Holy Spirit how many want to be under the influence of the Almighty Holy Spirit? We need the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Amen? Amen? And so I'm going to talk today about the manifestations of the Spirit of God. And we're going to use a text out of uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 that is a very common uh, passage when it talks about the gifts of the Spirit. And we're just going to go ahead and get into that. But if you have your Bibles with me today, I would encourage you to turn to this passage. I'm going to be using the NIV today to talk about this passage. But if you have your iPhone or a different translation, just go ahead and pull it out. And if you would turn to, with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we're going to read verses 7 through 11. And when we're, as we're talking about the Holy Spirit, I remind us that it's a part of our mission statement that we are a people who are infused with the supernatural power and presence of the Holy Spirit. That is who we are. And we are a people who are demonstrating the power of the Holy Spirit in this season, in this age, this epoch that God has put us in. You and I were born for this season, for this time, to represent heaven. Do you guys realize that? And so we need to represent heaven very, very well in a world that is turning into chaos. In a world that is saying what is right is wrong and what is wrong is right. In a world that has lost its bearing, it's lost its perfect north. And the body of Christ is needed so desperately in this hour to walk in the supernatural power and presence of the Holy Spirit. It's a critical hour that we're in. And we're going to talk a bit about that today. And we're going to get into some things about the things of the Spirit that I believe will make sense and maybe even change a little of our paradigm. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, as we read your word, thank you for the power of your word. Let it penetrate our hearts and our minds today in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to read out of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 11. And it says, now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit, stop. Now to each one, talking about you, to each one of you, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Everybody say common good. Common good. 
To one there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. To another the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another miraculous powers. To another prophecy. Next week we're going to have Denny Kramer here. He is a prophet. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of the one and the same spirit. And he gives them to each one of you just as he determines. Can I have an amen on that? Amen. amen. So today, what we're going to do is we're going to look... I've made and compiled a list if I can get the clicker to work properly. Nope, I went the wrong way. Okay. Helps to know which arrow to turn, right? So in this passage, I am not going to go today into a description of each of these manifestations of the Spirit today. But I want to make a list here, and, and, and I'm going to just go down the list. The message of wisdom he talks about, Paul does. He talks about the message of knowledge. Some people call it the word of wisdom or the word of knowledge. Faith, gifts of healing, miraculous powers, prophecy, distinguishing of spirits, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. Now, what I want to talk about as we begin to move into these, the, the, these, this topic, my daughter really helped me the other day as we were talking about this. She said, manifestations I get a little different feeling about manifestations and I said well, what do you mean she goes well, the, with the paranormal that we all talk that's all talked about in our culture she said I think of more manifestations of demons in the demonic than I do of the Holy Spirit and so just as there are manifestations of the demonic there are manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Can I have an amen on that? Because really, Satan only mimics and tries to copy and counterfeit the Holy Spirit to build his kingdom. And these manifestations of the Spirit are very key in building the kingdom of heaven here on the earth. Now, the word manifestation, paranormal, <coughs> excuse me, I better keep that close. Thank you. Manifestation, paranormal, whatever you want to say. But Webster's Dictionary says that the word manifestation means the act of publicly demonstrating, display. Now, I, I did do a study in the Greek on the word manifestation here. And if you're taking notes today, there's going to be I'm going to make three points, and I have a definition of manifestation that I would really like for you to write down today. So if you can put it in your phone, you can put it in your notes on your bulletin. If you don't have a pen, then put it in your phone, whatever. But I've got some points that I really think I really want to encourage you to take home with you. But I'm going to give you a definition, and I've got it written down here. But this is really, when the Greek word talks about manifestation, this is really what we are saying 
A mani- the, the, the Greek word for manifestation of the Spirit here is an outward public evidence or demonstration that clearly shows and makes people aware of God's presence. That manifestation reveals a message of his true identity and nature as Lord and what is on the Lord's heart. Now, example this morning, we had a prayer line here this morning, and there was a manifestation of healing. Kate Fulton came in this morning. She, as soon as she saw me at the door, oh, pray for me. My back is killing me. It's, it's going down into my knee. Pray for me. Said a little pray for her as she came in. But she came forward. She was, there was a demonstration, an outward demonstration of the Lord. How's your back, Kate? Good. She goes, I'm talking to you right now. And I'm bending over and I, can't, I wasn't able to do that earlier. That manifestation of the Spirit is there for a purpose and a reason. It is a public evidence and demonstration that clearly shows us and makes us know that God is here right now. Hello, God is in the house. And that that manifestation, and that's where I want to go now with Kate later, is to say, okay, now what's the message behind that manifestation? Because God's speaking something to this woman and possibly to this congregation through that. Because the manifestation reveals a message of his true identity and nature as Lord and what is on his heart. This is important, and I'm going to build on this as we go in the message. So I would encourage you to write that down. I'll leave it up for a little longer. So when we're talking about word of knowledge, word of wisdom, prophecy, tongues, interpretation of tongues... When we're talking about these manifestations, we're talking about that God has them as an outward public evidence and demonstration to make sure people realize that God is here. Okay? You got that? Now I want to go to a second passage out of 2 Corinthians because Paul then begins to add to this list. On further down, in, he begins to put other gifts with these gifts here that we've just talked about and so if you will turn to first corinthians 12 verses 27 through 31 and paul goes a little further with these manifestations and he begins to tie it to us the body of christ and paul says this now you are the body of christ and each one of you is a part of it and in the church say we're the church Say, I'm the church. This building is not the church. Hallelujah. In the church, God has appointed, first of all, apostles, second, prophets, third, teachers, then workers of miracles, also those having gifts of healing, those able to help others, those with gifts of administration, and those speaking in different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? But eagerly desire the greater gifts. Everybody say, eagerly desire the greater gifts. We're going to talk about that in a little bit as well. So, now we have, whoops, I keep doing the wrong button. 
So his second list, he lists nine, uh, nine gifts, and five of those are new. He talks about apostles, prophets, teachers, workers of miracles. That was talked about earlier. Gifts of healing was talked about earlier. Helps of uh, helping others is another one he talks about. Administration is another one that's different. And then again, he has tongues and interpretation of tongues in that passage. Now, I'm not saying this, this is an exhaustive list of the manifestations of the Spirit of God. I don't believe this is an exhaustive list of how the Spirit of God manifests. I believe the Spirit of God can manifest today, and we can get a message with a flag. I believe the Spirit of God can move upon someone, and, then, and, and there's an anointing where there is a message that is declared with a waving of a flag. And if red is waved, there is something about the redemptive work of Christ that he's declaring in this hour. And the, and the flag is being waved as a manifestation of the Spirit of God Amen. in the service to declare a message. It has to have a message. I'm tying this to a message. Are you guys with me? Or we can have someone dance in the spirit. But there's going to be something, a message. There's going to be something that is being voiced and communicated by God through it. And here, the reason I'm going here is this is where we have to mature. This is where, where churches move from hokey, pokey, weird, spooky, mooky to mature, bringing a message and bringing a declaration of what God is saying in the hour. And you're going to understand when I get a little further. I'm just trying to right now list some of these lists of what Paul is talking to the Corinthian church. Now, one of the things I want to, want to say here is Paul, as I back this up, what was the last verse of that scripture? You and I are the body of Christ. We know that, right? Every one of us, you see my gift almost every Sunday in operation. But there's a whole lot more gifts than this gift right here. Amen? And each one of us are to be manifesting those, that list up there. Hear me. Every one of us are to be manifesting those gifts, those manifestations of the Spirit. Say, I'm to be manifesting it. Say, I'm to be manifesting Now, here's the thing where I believe most people get hung up, and I've heard this so much, and I even said it when I first started coming into the things of the Spirit. Well, if Jesus wants me to have tongues, it'll come. Well, if he wants me to prophesy, it'll just happen. Well, if he wants me to heal somebody, he'll, he'll just, he'll, he'll, he'll do it. Has anybody heard those things? Well, I'm sure that if, if I, back in some 30-some years ago, I'm sure that if I would have said, well, if God wants me to have Karen Haler as my wife, she'll just come across my path. <laughs> I'm hoping that if God wants her to be mine, no, I had to have a desire and I had to have a pursuit. And I had to have something in me say, hey, baby, you want help with your resume? <laughs> I mean, is that a corny line or what? She was in my marketing class, and she caught my eye. 
I mean, Ball State is good for some things. But if I would have just said, I hope it happens. And boy, God, and do we have that in our culture? I mean, we have men scared to death to ask a woman out. Or vice versa. Sometimes they reverse roles these days. We won't go there. Might get in trouble, right? But I'm guessing that that relationship would have never happened if I hadn't eagerly desired that greater gift. Amen. Do I have a witness? Amen. How about the job, the greater job that you've wanted? If there's not a desire for a greater job, you stay at the same job and you work it for 30 stinking years. But if there's not a desire for it, you stay in the same place, pulling the same stuff, doing the same stuff. It's the same thing with church, man. You can go to the same church for 50 years and die That's right, right in, the good, in a good church. But it's because your desire has not been affected. Now, here's what I'm saying. There has got to be a desire in you for the gifts. There has to be a desire in you. Point one today is, where is your desire for the greater gifts? Now, I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but that's okay. So point one is, you are a part of the body, and he wants you manifesting the gifts, which we talked about. And point two is, operating in these manifestations are tied to desire. And I'm not going to belabor that. I just want you to know, you better increase your desire. If you want to manifest any of these things of the Spirit, there has to be a desire for more. That's why Paul constantly said, I, I pray that you would pray in tongues like I do, but I pray that you would prophesy so that it builds up and edifies the church. And he was talking about moving to greater things, greater gifts. Not that tongues is not a greater gift. I'm going to even talk about that because he was correcting the Corinthian church because of its abuse, because tongues is an amazing manifestation of the Spirit. It's not a lesser gift by any means. It is a lesser importance in the corporate service when God is wanting the body of Christ edified and build up. It, it becomes an amazing gift when there's a tongue and an interpretation of tongue so that all might be edified and build up, the, body, the word says. Amen? So here's where I want to go for just a minute. There is much controversy in the body of Christ when it comes to the manifestations of the Spirit. I remember in the 1970s and 1980s, and there are people here in this congregation who were kicked out of their churches because they began to manifest <laughs> the things of the Spirit, these things that we're talking about, this list. They were kicked out or asked to leave their churches because they did not want these manifestations in their services okay anybody experienced that or know someone has experienced that and and here's the thing these people were filled with the holy spirit they began to manifest the holy spirit and people started going Ooh, this is uncomfortable now today we've made much ground I believe, in churches, 
because even today my precious brother at First Baptist, he is a tongue-talking, awesome man of God who is so on fire for Jesus. I have a Nazarene pastor who is filled with the Holy Spirit and he manifests the gifts of the Spirit in his life and he is challenging his congregation to do the same. And so there has been much, much progress that has been made concerning the manifestations of the Spirit. And I say praise the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. And I'm going to talk about why because it's really critical. But let's look a little bit at to what Paul was talking about on the manifestation of the Spirit in the New Testament church. Because he, here's, here's, the day, here's the thing. We think the New Testament church was utopia. But it really wasn't. We, it really had its problems. And Paul was really addressing a problem when he started to talk about the manifestations of the Spirit. And so I'm going to give you a little history of Corinthians here. Because Paul had spent a year and a half in Corinth. Everybody say Corinth. Our brother, Pastor Tom, is going to be spending some time in Corinth here coming in April. He's doing a mission trip. Isn't that exciting? He's going to go to, he's going to, go to Corinth and Athens with the house of prayer. And he's going to do a missions trip there. So he is getting ready to go right in the middle of where this book is talking about. Corinth. It's cool. Yes. Hope I didn't spill your beans. I didn't know if you were going to make a public announcement or not. He's so used to me opening my mouth, aren't you, Thomas? Thomas, is there anything you want to say about your mission trip? No. It's more info coming later. I'm gonna, he's going to have some really cool stuff about it. <laughs> so Paul has spent a year and a half at Corinth. He had established a church like this. It was a growing, vibrant, new covenant church where they were loving on Jesus and they were growing in the grace of God. And he had left there. He was now in Ephesus on his mission journey there. He was spending three years there. He starts to hear about all these problems in the church. Are there any problems in churches? And so Paul is writing this book to the church because the church had said, we're having some problems, we've got some questions, and Paul is now addressing those problems, and he's addressing those issues. And he, so he's bringing correction, because there were problems. And there were problems because the city of Corinth was evil. The city of Corinth was downright nasty. There was, and, and the city had become influential into the church. No longer was the church being the light and the shining light that it should be, but the church was actually tolerating stuff in the house of God that should not be tolerated. And unfortunately, in our day and culture, as we sang about holiness today, there is not a lot of holiness in the body of Christ. Can we just put it where it's at? I'm not talking New Covenant. I'm talking the wider body of Christ. But yes, there is unholiness here as well. I was bored at night, but not last night. I'm not stupid. And here's what was going on in Corinth. There was a lot of sexual immorality. There was incest. And Paul addresses and says, this should not be so. 
There was marital unfaithfulness. There were affairs. There were things going on in a sexual nature that were terrible. There was problems with authority. One said they followed Paul. Another said Apollos. And the other said, oh, well, you don't follow either one. We just follow Jesus. It's just me and Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm, an author- I'm under no one's authority but Jesus. Well, that's a cop-out because we're all under authority. If anybody tells you Jesus is their only authority, there's a real issue. Run. And so there were authority issues. There was such pride and self-centeredness in the church at Corinth that what began to happen with the church services is the gifts and the manifestations of the Spirit began to be abused. Tongues had become the prominent gift, and those who spoke in tongues felt more spiritual than those who could not. What's that sound like? Pride and self-centeredness. So in the Corinthian church, the presence of the Spirit of God was obvious because of the power and the manifestation of the gifts. And this made it easy for God's people to think of the power and the gifts as the real evidence of the Spirit's presence. And it is. Again, these gifts that we just talked about are the evidence of an an outward demonstration of the presence of God so that people realize that God is in the house. But what Paul was beginning to correct was this issue. It was only evidence. It wasn't the purpose of the manifestation. And where I'm going to try to go with us today is I want us to get deep down inside of us, inside of our hearts, the purpose behind the manifestations of the Spirit of God. Because they're not just the evidence. It's not just the evidence. There's a purpose behind God's heart. And Paul was beginning to address that issue. And he teaches them that the ultimate purpose of the Spirit's activity is the exaltation of Jesus Christ. Hear me. The ultimate purpose of the manifestations of the gifts of the Spirit was to exalt Jesus Christ, was to point, the sign was to point to a greater sign. Do you remember when I was teaching about the Old Testament and how you can't stop at the sign, but there is a purpose behind the sign. Kate can't stop at the healing. She has to look to God and say, God, what are you speaking to me? There is a message behind the manifestation. Are you hearing me? Otherwise, we become self-centered, and it becomes all about us. It becomes me getting my healing. It becomes me getting a prophecy. It becomes me getting a gift. It becomes me getting something. Me, me, me. And that was what was going on in the Corinth church. There was self-centeredness. It was about them. And Paul was beginning to bring correction to that. And he was saying the manifestation of the Spirit is not the end in itself. The manifestation points to the exaltation of Christ as Lord. And that message is something bigger. So healing, miracles, tongues, words of knowledge, all these manifestations were not the end, but they were to carry a message to the world and to God's people. And that was not happening in Corinth. Paul addresses it, but that is not what is happening And I'm going to show you some examples from the book of Acts today of of, of what I'm talking about. I'm going to talk about an example of my own life 
where it, 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 it where I hope will help us to understand. Because point number three that I want to make today is this, is don't stop at the manifestations of the Spirit. It points to something bigger. There is a message and there is an exaltation, an exaltation of Jesus Christ that needs to be made. Now, if you'll turn with me in your Bibles to Acts chapter 2, I'm going to explain this and I'm going to show and I'm going to bear what I'm talking about through the Word of God. And I'm going to show you through the Word of God what I'm talking about here and I hope it makes more sense before I get done. Because I believe we need to mature and I believe we need to get a, a real revelation of this in our hearts. Now, the passage that we're getting ready to look at in Acts chapter 2, I want to paint the scene of what has just happened. Because the manifestation of the Spirit has just taken place at the day of Pentecost. 120 people were gathered together, Holy Spirit came, and they all began to speak in tongues. They thought they were drunk with wine. They thought these dudes are woo-hoo-hoo. But there was something, there was awe that struck the crowd. There was, as the manifestation of tongues hit the church in Corinth, or the upper room in Jerusalem, excuse me. Ooh, mess up there. As, as the Holy Spirit fell and they got filled with the Holy Spirit, there became this manifestation of the Holy Spirit through the evidence of tongues. And people were in awe. They seen that God was present. Whoa, something's going on here. Now let's look at the passage out of Acts chapter 2. So the, the manifestation happens. Now look what Peter, whoops, going the wrong way again. I'll get this new clicker figured out. It's a brand new one. Praise God for new clickers. Am I going? I'm going the wrong way, aren't I? I'm really going wrong. Okay. Second list, Acts 2. So let's look at this now. So they've just all began to speak in tongues, okay? And Peter, he has the second manifestation of the, of the Spirit. You know what the second manifestation of the Spirit was? It was a word of wisdom. So now we have tongues. The tongues happen. He has the attention of the crowd. God is moving. Now Peter operates in a word of wisdom. And here's what Peter says. A message of wisdom comes from his mouth. God has raised this Jesus to life. And we are all witnesses of the fact. Exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. Stop. He's now explaining, he's giving wisdom a message for what they're hearing and seeing. Peter is giving a message. This is what is taking place with this tongue that you see and hear being manifested in this service. He's bringing a message to it. And he's saying, listen, this is what the manifestation of the Holy Spirit is for. He says, therefore... I've got that underlined, okay? Therefore, it's there for a reason. The tongues was, were there. What you see and hear, they were there for a reason. 
The tongues were there for a reason. Hear hear me. The tongues were there for a reason. They were therefore there to let all Israel to be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. There was an exaltation of Christ that was being made in the church. There was a message being declared that Jesus Christ is Lord. I believe with every manifestation of the Spirit, there has got to be a message about the authority of Jesus Christ that comes from them. There has got to be something, because I've read the whole book of Acts this week. Every manifestation of the Spirit, every word of knowledge, every tongue that was made, every healing, every miracle, every sign and wonder, there was always an exaltation of Jesus Christ. Always. And we are not exalting Jesus with every manifestation. We're not, we have to mature. We have to go further than where we're currently at. Let me give you another example of a miracle out of Acts chapter 3. See if you see the same thing. So, oh, I'm going to back up so you can't read it yet. The man was crippled from birth. You remember the miracle? He was like 40 years of age, crippled, couldn't walk. And Peter and John show up on the scene. And here's what happens. Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but I'm bringing a manifestation of the Spirit of God to you. (laughs) Are you with me? I don't have silver and gold, but I'm bringing you a manifestation of the Spirit. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Now, I don't have part of that scripture because I didn't want to type it all in. The man jumps to his feet. He begins walking and jumping, and he begins praising God in the temple. It was a sign. It was an outward demonstration of the glory of God. It was an outward demonstration that God is in the house. And when all the people saw him walking and praising God, they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. And Peter said, Word of wisdom for the hour, another manifestation of the Spirit. Men of Israel, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we have made this man walk? Verse 16. By faith. By faith in the name of Jesus. This man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has given this (coughs) complete healing to him as you can now see. A message was being declared of the exaltation of our Lord and Savior. 
A message was being declared through the miracle. Do you see it? The sign or the miracle pointed to something greater. And that greater was that Jesus is Lord and Christ. And many were saved and brought into the kingdom because the message that came right out of their mouth next was repent and be baptized. Repent and turn to the Lord so that a season of refreshing can come. So again, point three is there is a message in the sign and that message is that Jesus is the Lord. He is in authority. Can I have an amen on that? So again, the manifestations, message of wisdom, knowledge, faith, gifts of healing, miraculous powers, prophecy, distinguishing of spirits, tongues, interpretation of tongues, apostles, prophets, teachers, helps, administration, not an exhaustive list by any stretch. Do you realize that you are to be the body of Christ and you're to manifest those things? And that with the manifestation of those things is going to come a message. A message to the world. Jesus Christ is both King of kings and he is both Lord of lords. And we must submit to his lordship. I am glad for these manifestations, but God's heart and his intention for these manifestations is to bring a message of Jesus is Lord and a message of what is on his heart for the hour. Manifestations, again, are an outward public evidence that clearly shows and makes people aware of God's presence and to reveal a message of his true identity and nature as Lord and God. And what is on his heart. Now you may say, well, why is this so important to you, Eric? We want a mature expression of God here at this house. In this house, we are not weirdos. We are not out of order. We want people to see Jesus, and we want people to hear his message, not ours. Not what's popular for the day, not what is my emphasis in my gift, not what I think is important, but what is the message that the Spirit of God is declaring, and is Jesus Christ being exalted? Can I have an amen on that? Amen. You see, the church, you and I, we are the means by which Jesus Christ is made present in the earth today. The way Jesus is made present in the earth today is through you. Because he is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. And he, we are under shepherds that have been delegated authority by God from him. Every one of us have a responsibility. So Jesus distinctly expresses himself to the world through us, the church. And in the church, there's many kinds of different gifts and manifestations of the Spirit of God. Praise God for the diversity 
that God has placed in the body of Christ. Can I have amen, amen on that? And the gifts and the manifestations should communicate that Jesus is Lord, his character, his nature, and his true identity. Now, I want to give you an example from my own life. I've given you two examples from Acts. But me and Joel have been on a journey. I don't know if you guys realize this, but J23 is tomorrow. January 23rd, three years ago, my son got his legs back. It was a profound miracle. And all of you were a part of that prayer process as he came out of that wheelchair, completely restored, playing basketball with me the next week. And when that happened, the Lord is beginning, because we've been praying and we've been asking God, did we steward the miracle, the sign, the manifestation? Did we steward it properly? Because immediately inside edition, channel 13, the blaze, guidepost, uh, 700 club, place out of California, the dowry, dowry girl, whatever, heaven can wait or heaven can't wait or whatever her Roma, Roma Downey, or their, their ministry called. And all these ministries began to call wanting to hear about the testimony. And you guys know it was crazy for a while. It was nuts. And then it shut off. So Joel and I were talking a couple weeks ago. And we were, we were actually repenting the Lord for our immaturity it was not but the miracle the message behind the miracle was not Jesus as Lord the message was more about Joel because in our immaturity and our self-centered culture that we live in we began to make it about Joel and what got Joel was you know how he's getting out of mess pornography and as he is being set free and we didn't make it about Jesus Christ is Lord and we repented and we asked God to forgive us and we've been on a journey and it wasn't two weeks later that someone called and said would y'all share his testimony so on February 18th he's going to come home he's going to share his testimony he's going to share it differently He's going to declare just the testimony. And he's going to declare Jesus Christ is Lord. And he healed me and he is here to call you to himself. And the message is going to be Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Christ is Lord, and we as a people must submit to his authority. And that's why there's not holiness in the church, because people do not submit to the lordship of Jesus Christ. They want him as Savior, but not as Lord. They want the benefits of the kingdom with no sacrifice. And so the manifestations, even in our culture, have become about self-centeredness and about serving ourselves. 
self-worship, self-intimacy. And God is trying to correct us. And he's trying to mature us so that we can be carriers of the manifestation of the Spirit of God for his glory and not our own. Do you hear me? That is a message that I pray we as a people will get in our hearts. That the manifestation has got to carry a message that Jesus Christ is Lord. Stand with me. hope today that you've been convicted to not make it about you. I hope today you've heard me say that you are a powerful manifestation of the Spirit of God. That you're an amazing gift that is to be displayed for the glory of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That you are to manifest the power of the Holy Spirit. And it will always direct you to a message of his lordship and for turning people to Christ. My suspicion, church, is in the days ahead, there's going to become more manifestations of the Spirit if we will make it about the lordship of Christ and not ourselves. I have a sneaking suspicion, if we will make Jesus Lord, that not only will more signs and wonders begin to take place, but I believe more people will get saved. I believe there will be a harvest that comes in as we declare the message that Jesus Christ is Lord. So I'm asking you today, I'm asking you, will you seek the greater gifts? Will you begin to be one who has a desire for the gifts of the Holy Spirit? Will you be one who believes that, yes, God can use me? And I want the gifts. I want to pursue them. I want them in my life because I want to be a demonstration of the message of Jesus Christ and his glory in the earth so that we can push back the tide of evil, that we can push back the tide of a world turning its back on Christ. I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of that company. And I know you do too. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, you hear us. You know our hearts. And, Father, I ask that you would forgive us for being selfish, for being self-centered, for making it about us. And I pray, God, today that you would forgive us, oh God. And, Lord, let us put Jesus Christ back on the throne of the message of the kingdom of heaven coming to the earth and bringing a demonstration of your glory so that the attention can be on Christ and Christ alone. Lord, we thank you for that. I ask that you seal this message in our hearts. I pray that you bring a deep godly sorrow into our hearts and that you would change the way we think in Jesus' name. Today, Jesus... We celebrate three years with Joel and his walking. And we want to say, Jesus, you are Lord. And we praise you and we glorify you. 
and we thank you for the body of Christ. Lord, stir the gifts. Lord, manifest the gifts within the body of Christ. Stir it up, oh God, stir it up and help us to maturely express it so that people see Jesus. Lord, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you. The altar team's gonna be up here. If you need to do business with God, maybe even the message today has stirred you to where maybe you haven't made Christ Lord of your life. The team will gladly lead you to the surrender of your life to Jesus Christ. But I love you, God bless you, and have a blessed day in Jesus' name.